the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 236 for December 5th, 2010. Verizon's LTE is live, Best Buy giving away smartphones, and the epic gets froyo. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.99. Right into the news this week, Wisconsin became the latest state to ban texting while driving on Wednesday. The new law fines first-time violators anywhere from $20 to $400, along with four points assessed on the driving record. Second-time violators will receive a fine of $200 to $800. Stipulations in the law only cover the actual composing of messages, as reading messages, browsing the web, or talking on the phone are not covered. For these instances, the jurisdictions anticipate writing infractions for inattentive driving. Now, these are the, the, the things that come up with these laws that really make this very difficult for enforcement to occur with them. When you're talking about, was the person just reading a message? Were they composing a message? You know, how is it that you're determining that particular thing? Um, It's, I I get it that they're able to, you know, put out an infraction for inattentive driving, but it doesn't really take in the whole, you know, the idea of why they're making this law. And that's so that people aren't using their phones while they're driving. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's kind of tough because what if you're using your phone for navigation? Because uh, navigation devices are not um, included in any of these laws as far as using um, as far as using your cell phone, but you're composing a message. But you know, navigation devices are legal. I use my uh, phone for navigation now, um, and that's just glancing at the screen. I mean, I'm not entering the address or anything while I'm driving. Um, but I see, you know, like you said, this is the covering the actual composing. So that's quite a bit different. You can usually tell if somebody's doing that because you can see the little fingers moving, uh, as long as you can see them through the car window. And that would be the only time they could actually probably issue one of these because that there's no other way to tell. GPS or music. That's another big one for me. I use my phone all the time for listening to music. Um, you know, oftentimes you're, you're also trying to figure out the person that you're trying to call and you're, you know, especially if you've got a phone, uh, where that you can use one handed, you can scroll through your address book or whatever. And, and that can be just as distracting as actually trying to type out a message as trying to find the person. Or maybe you're dialing in the person's name or typing in the person's name that you're trying to call or dialing a phone number. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you're actually doing and pushing buttons on the phone. So uh, a little bit uh, of a gray area there. And, and I think it's, you know, eventually we're going to see more states take on uh, positions that are going to be more general and just the use of phones uh, overall. But, you know, at this point, Wisconsin, if you're up there, uh, make sure that you're not texting while you're driving. The FCC voted this week in favor of a proposal that would free up both VHF and UHF spectrum for wireless broadband usage. The ruling requires that all spectrum in the bands be open to fixed mobile and broadcast services. This means that two or more TV stations would be able to share a 6 megahertz channel and the power output of VHF stations be increased for digital transmission improvement. The FCC would auction off the spectrum and use initiatives for broadcasters to comply. Congress will need to approve the plan before the auctions can occur. 
Engadget reported on Tuesday that Apple's latest iOS 4.2 update did more than just bring AirPlay to iPhones. Nokia Siemens says that a patch that was put in place supports technology called Network Controlled Fast Dormancy, and that better optimizes how the phone connects to the cellular network. Basically, the technology makes the network and the handset work together to create the best conditions for smartphones to work quickly, yet have a long battery life and minimize network congestion. Nokia says they've implemented the technology in its smartphones earlier this year, and that means that the two handset makers that account for half of all new smartphones in the world contribute to an improved user experience and cost reduction for the operators. Very interesting, Joey. It is, because this gives you the ability to um, uh, minimize network congestion, but then um, it it allows everybody who's there uh, using the same cell to have a better connection. So it's it's kind of a win-win, because it's cheaper for the carriers to have this, and it's better for you, because it's actually cheaper, because you don't have to charge your phone as much, and of course it gives you longer battery life. Yeah. Lots of different things that are put in place here. And I don't know, I, I really haven't noticed a, a much better battery, you know, that I've over, you know, the time that I've been using it. But then again, I'm not, I don't know, I kind of use my phone in a strange way. I, I don't have all my email pulled into my iPhone because I've got a BlackBerry doing that. Um, you know, sometimes I go almost an entire day without doing anything else other than listening to music. So it's not, I don't know, I, I never really, I, I shouldn't say I haven't really noticed the difference. And I don't know if you necessarily will yet, Mickey, because I don't know if the base stations yet have the support, especially all of them or even AT&T at all. So this, uh, we'll see if this is uh, coming out to the U.S. or not, and it may be spotty. So it may not, uh, it may not be affecting you quite yet, Mickey. That's true. This could be an international thing, too, that uh, may be coming to the U.S. We'll see. In a study from Park Associates, younger smartphone users prefer to use applications on their handsets versus the browser. When asked the question, I prefer applications over a web browser when accessing mobile content, the results showed that nearly a third of those aged 18 to 34 said yes. As the age of the user increased, the agreement level fell. Also noted was that over half of all users in the age group fell neutral uh, to the question. So this is um, kind of a, an interesting thing. When I think about using my device on the go, I'm, I'm, I like having the application. So I definitely fall into this group that feels that way. Um, I go to the web for only certain things. Um, if there's a web app that I think functions just fine, and this was the case when Google Voice used to have just their web app, um, I was going on there and, and using that versus you know purchasing one of these third-party apps. And this was when they were actually available. But um, I, I would prefer to have the application in many, many cases. I, I only find myself in for rare things actually going to the web to do anything i don't know how you feel about that you know it just really varies mickey obviously being on a blackberry the the app support isn't like it is on the ios so most of the stuff is going over the web for me i mean there's very very few apps that i use um you know it it, it really helps if the site is mobile optimized to use a browser but uh it for me i'm kind of in the middle here i, I some applications are really great to have um, and I can definitely see the, 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 the benefit to certain ones, especially um, because you can you know, reshape the data and reshape the screen to make it way better to use on a small device. I think I, there's one thing that I would, would love to have that would almost completely uh, you know, let, get me out of using the web browser, and that's um, being able to read news through Google Reader in an application. We'll talk a little bit about it later on an Android app that's out there, but I, I find myself constantly going to the web for that. I do, do as well. I mean, that is um, first and foremost probably the most used 
um, the, mo- the thing I'm doing the most on my phone, uh, probably even uh, more so than emailing. Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm definitely on my phone more for email, but but yeah, I'm I'm reading a lot of news, and it's I, I find it easier to go through and, and and consume more content through an RSS feed than by doing so by going through separate web pages. I think that's one of the advantages of it for sure. So anyway, just interesting uh, interesting results though for sure. According to Nielsen, Apple's iOS overtook RIM's BlackBerry to become the most popular smartphone OS in the U.S. for October 2010. The data shows Apple holding 27.9% of the market share, just ahead of the 27.4% held by RIM and 22.7% of Android. Nielsen also says that among users planning to get a new smartphone, current smartphone owners showed a preference for the Apple iPhone, that's 35%, while 28% of both smartphone and feature phones owners planned smartphone upgraders indicated that they wanted a device that uh, with an Android operating system as their next mobile phone. Feature phone owners plan to get a smartphone are less likely to have made up their mind about the OS that they'll choose. 25% were not sure what their next OS would be, compared to the 13% of smartphone owners. Also, those 55 or older were markedly less certain than younger mobile users, with 27% saying that they weren't sure what kind of device they wanted next, compared to the 12% of those 18 to 24 And Apple's iPhone and devices with the Android operating system were the most desired among likely smartphone upgraders, with Apple showing a slight lead among those in age group 55 plus, 18 to 24, and 25 to 34. Women planning to get a smartphone are more likely to want an iPhone as their next device, with slightly more males preferring Android. And based on these trends, Android should overtake the iOS as the leader sometime in the first quarter of 2011. But definitely, Android iOS and BlackBerry, the top three that's going to stay that way for quite a while. RIM announcing on Wednesday the cryptographic kernel of BlackBerry 6 had earned the FIPS 140-2 security certification. FIPS stands for Federal Information Processing Standard and is used by the U.S. government to validate security services. The certification means the use of the operating system is approved for government employees handling sensitive information. Uh, to quote the story, the FIPS certification will help extend the reach of BlackBerry 6 to users in a wide range of government agencies and other security-conscious organizations throughout the U.S. Uh, BlackBerry Security Group uh, uh, VP Scott uh, Totsky said BlackBerry 6 offers an exceptional mobile experience for BlackBerry smartphone users on the most secure wireless platform in the industry. Also from RIM this week, the announcement on Thursday that they had acquired the Astonishing Tribe, also known by the initials TAT. The designers of software for user interfaces such as the T-Mobile G1 and other Android products. RIM says that TAT will bring talent to the BlackBerry Playbook and other smartphone platforms, though details of the acquisition were not disclosed. Now I'd imagine this would be something probably more for the upcoming uh, tablet and the upcoming OS that we, we've got plenty of rumors uh, uh, swirling around here that the QNX operating system that they're running on the new uh, playbook uh, will be um, used on phones going forward. I have, a, you know, we have kind of a suspicion that OS 6 is going to be the last, I believe it's Java based OS here that we have. And uh, they're going to move to this new platform to try to keep up, which of course, this is way, way, way overdue now, as far as the consumer market. 
Yeah, the QNX platform is what they're going to be doing with the, you know, with the playbook, and and certainly that's what it seems like they would be doing moving forward with the the handheld. So we'll have to see, and we'll see what the Astonishing Tribe can bring to it, and 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 who knows what that's going to mean. Um, there's acquisitions all the time. This one just happened to catch a lot of attention just for the work that they've done with Android. So we'll see what they can do to make it look a little bit uh, a little bit better. We'll just say that. Verizon Wireless has launched its LTE network in 38 markets and 60 major airports. The new network now covers 110 million POPs and will plan on covering the entire 3G coverage area with the LTE service by the end of 2013. Southern California is the largest deployment with 20 million people covered. Street-level maps are available so you can head over to the site to check it out. According to CTO Tony Malone, they said we will be the first to launch the LTE network that will make a difference. This is the real deal, a new network built from the ground up that will set the stage for the next 10 years. Verizon says the new network provides speeds of 5 to 12 megabits per second on the downlink and 2 to 5 megabits per second on the up. This is a tenfold increase from its current 3G network. Latency is roughly half of what is experienced on current 3G networks, and this will mirror the user's experience of a wired network. Verizon launched two monthly plans to take advantage of the service. The first is a 5-gigabyte plan for $50 per month. The second, 10 gigs for $80. There will be a $10 per gigabyte overage charge for either plan. Also starting today, two USB modems, the LG VL600 and the Pantech UML290 are available for purchase for $100 with a contract. For those looking to go month to month, both options, $50 for 5 gigabytes of data and $80 for 10 gigs, are available and the modems are $250 each. Additional devices will be talked about at the CES in January and launched by mid-2011. Well, I just checked out the coverage map myself here, and I see that I am covered by the 4G LTE network here. I got to check it out myself. I I, I took a look earlier, um, and it it was this was yesterday, and so it wasn't live yet, or at least it didn't seem to be live, and so I got to check it out. But I would assume that uh, most of the areas that I travel are, because Phoenix is one of the launch markets, which is great, um, but uh, those in Southern California, if you're in the L.A. area or uh, Orange County or down into San Diego, it's a huge area. 20 million of you are covered. And it looks like you are covered, but it may be a little bit spotty. You're kind of on the edge. Mm, uh, you're on the always. fringe there, Mickey. Yep, <laughs> that's right. But uh, it's uh, amazing speeds that you can uh, achieve with this. It's it's not true 4G because that would be 100 megabits, but this is quite an improvement. Speaking of speeds, uh, Sasha Segan from PC Mag did some testing of the network, and he found very impressive results. His max speed, 21 megabits per second. So he did the math on that, and he found that you could potentially use your entire 5 gigabyte monthly allotment in just 32 minutes. Yeah, and that's disgusting. I mean, really. They've got 5 gigabyte limit with something with that fast a service that you could use in 32 minutes for an entire month of service. This, uh, the, the, the way they've set this up is obviously very flawed. And I have a feeling this will be changing because I think many, many people are going to be going over five gigs here, uh, in a matter of a, in a matter of a week at the most. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm looking at what WiMAX does. I mean, they're the users of clear, uh, on ClearWire, they're supposedly using somewhere around seven gigs a month. Um, keep in mind though, that, I, I'm thinking that this is going to be a much bigger play. You know, the, the folks that are out there using the LTE service are going to be, uh, I'll just say, going to be in it for more. They're not going to be looking to, to 
I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I feel like LTE is going to be a much bigger thing and there's going to be much, just because of the footprint is much larger, people are going to be using it uh, more and more. I see a lot of people trying to replace home connections with this. In fact, if you're looking at a five plus megabit per second connection, many people on, on home cable connections are, that's what they're getting. And if you're just there you know, by yourself, what's the reason of having a home connection when you can take one with you? Well, the only reason is for Netflix streaming or video streaming, really. Mm. Uh, you know, that's that's where you'd get, you know, because a lot of times your home connection, they, they've some of the carriers or I mean, the companies have uh, a 250 gig kind of limits is what they, they, they target you to. But, and you can actually watch Netflix movies at, at that point. But when you're into the five and 10 gig range here, that's uh, that's pretty much rules that out. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, you're you're going to find. Most people that go with this as a sole connection are going to be, you know, checking the email, uh, browsing the web type of folks. They're not going to be, you know, doing, you know, massive amounts of downloading. I, this, there's no way I could get by with this with only getting, you know, 10 gigs a month uh, from just, just for the sheer, you know, I need to be able to stream, you know, video, whether it's Slingbox or Netflix or whatever. No, I couldn't either, Mickey. That I there, just no way. I mean, I would, I would use so much more than this uh, in a month for my home connection. Um, totally not viable. And I was kind of excited back when we first had WiMAX announcements and L- LTE announcement, announcements uh, for possibly replacing my home connection because um, it, it, it in my area, it's very expensive and it's uh, un- unneedly so, but um, LTE's prices are a lot higher than they'd kind of initially said, I think. Um, and WiMAX is way more expensive than what they promised. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're working with Verizon to get uh, some test equipment to check it out, and, and we'll be able to report back here hopefully in the next couple of weeks after we've had a chance to try it. Verizon also announcing this week a new service that will allow you to connect your cell phone to your landline. It's called Home Phone Connect, and you install a base station in your house, which then connects to the Verizon cellular network. You then attach a landline phone to that base station, and all calls to your cell phone ring through to your home phone. The service costs $10 per month for plans with shared minutes or $20 a month for unlimited use. The service is currently being tested in parts of New York and Connecticut. On Monday, Sprint announced six new cities that are now online with WiMAX service. Those include Los Angeles, Miami, Washington, D.C., Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. The new additions bring the total number of markets with coverage to 68. Well, according to TMO News, T-Mobile is set to start offering a $10 monthly add-on that will allow unlimited international features, uh, international features to your plan. The package will allow unlimited texting to any mobile phone in the world and is only available on individual plans. Further, your monthly bill must already be $50 or more, and there will not be an option for family plans. Also with the package, international calling to landlines in 56 different countries is now included, and calling to international mobile numbers will be offered at a discount. But specific information on the countries and rates has yet to be announced. This could be a big deal for T-Mobile, especially if they're going to include countries such as, let's say, Canada, Mexico, and big swaths of you know Western Europe. If you can make free calls uh, from your cell over to you know landline numbers over there, that makes a whole lot of sense. You can be, uh, especially for folks that are you know conducting business or a family overseas. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know the power of texting. I mean, uh, it's uh, very, very handy. And current rates for international texting is uh, pretty high. expensive in many cases. Yeah. 
Mm, yeah. So good news there. More details to come once we get them. Metro PCS announcing Wednesday the launch of its LTE network in San Francisco. As with the other LTE markets for Metro PCS, customers can purchase the Samsung Craft for $300. The LTE network is for the carrier is now live in six markets. U.S. Cellular Thursday announcing three new prepaid plans with unlimited messaging. The plans range from $29 to $49 per month and feature unlimited messaging with 200 to 1,000 voice minutes. The $39 plan also includes 5 gigabytes of data. Rogers announcing a new data sharing plan with the feature, feature availability of the BlackBerry Playbook on Friday. The data sharing plan will enable customers to share data from one plan across multiple devices with a $15 per month per device add-on. Also, VP John Boyton uh, announced that the Playbook tablet would be coming to the carrier in 2011, starting first with Wi-Fi-only models and eventually including 3G-capable units. Now, this is uh, kind of a feature that I, I've never really thought of, and that's you know being able to share that plan that you have across multiple devices. Um, and I, I actually, I mentioned there was $15 per month per device. Actually, I'm not sure about that. It's, uh, it just says $15 per month as an add-on. Um, if you're able to share this across multiple devices, though, think of uh, you know having a tablet, possibly having a USB stick, uh, and being able to share the amount of data that you have in your plan across multiple devices. It kind of makes sense, uh, at least keeping you loyal to that one carrier, uh, you know, for the data that you're using. Yeah, it is. I mean, fifteen dollars to me it seems a bit steep, uh, considering y- you know you have a smaller limit then because. Uh, you know, you have to share it, especially on a tablet device, because you're going to be way more apt to use a lot more data on a tablet style device because you're going to be streaming more video. But um, it's definitely a good option. Yeah. Well, of course, Canadian customers only more details at rogers.com slash data sharing. Well, our first sponsor of the day is Square Trade. The holidays are coming up, and maybe you're thinking of getting a new phone for yourself or someone in your family. Protect the investment through the special offer that we have from Square Trade, offering a 70% discount or lower price than what you can find on in-store warranties. Visit squaretrade.com/junkie to get an additional 25% off your order. Square Trade offers a 5-day guarantee, meaning you'll either have a fixed device or your money back in those 5 days. Claims can be tracked online, and you have peace of mind knowing that Square Trade has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. The service has been given thousands of five-star reviews on sites such as eOpinions and Nextag and was named one of the top 100 websites this year by PC Magazine. So you can visit squaretrade.com junkie, click on Get a Warranty, and choose your device. Once you're done, you'll see the podcast listener discount in the order summary for 25% off the total purchase. Thank you to Square Trade for sponsoring this podcast. Dell on Wednesday began taking online orders for the Venue Pro Windows Phone 7 device. The phone is $99 for an 8GB model and $149 for 16GB. That comes with a two-year contract on T-Mobile. It's also available for $450 or $500 respectively for the two sizes. Contract-free shipping will occur by December 9th. One of the unique style sliders that's not a landscape slider, I kind of like this. It's a portrait style slider with a full QWERTY keyboard, uh, kind of Blackberry-ish. It's uh, kind of similar to the Droid Droid Pro, which that one's not a slider. But I I do like this design uh, for a sliding keyboard the most. If it wasn't for T-Mobile, I would I would consider getting one to uh, to work with and to play with and stuff like that. I just 
I've got problems with T-Mobile 3G service in my area, and so I, I won't I won't do it. But um, I, I do like the idea. Of course, Dell really likes it, and they're issuing this device to all of their employees that had BlackBerry devices. So they're uh, they're banking on the fact that this is uh, going to be a good device for them. We've got a question coming up here uh, that we'll talk about in just a few minutes about this particular device. Uh, through to BlackBerry here, some documents on the FCC website, phone scoop revealing the unannounced BlackBerry 8980, a replacement for the Curve 8900. The device is GSM and Edge only, but has Bluetooth 802.11bg and N and a 3.2 megapixel camera. The device appears to be running OS 5. Canadian carrier TELUS announced that the BlackBerry Style 9670 was available starting this past Friday. The phone is listed for $80 with a three-year contract. Bell Mobility on Tuesday announcing the launch of a high-speed wireless networking hub from Netgear called the Turbo Hub. The device will offer 21 megabit per second HSPA Plus on up to 15 devices connected simultaneously with either Wi-Fi or Ethernet. Further, the device can be connected as a fallback for your primary connection to keep data flowing even if your primary connection fails. The Turbo Hub is available exclusively from Bell for $150 on a two-year contract or for $300 contract-free. Data plans start at $35 a month for 3 gigabytes and adjust to the best rate available depending on monthly data usage. Clients must subscribe to an optional $10 data feature to achieve the maximum download speed of up to 21 megabits per second, depending on their area. If you're looking for a deal on a new smartphone this holiday season, make sure you check out Best Buy. Uh, The National Electronics Retailer announced on Friday a new promotion that has 14 different smartphones on sale for $0 with a new contract. Devices include the HTC Droid Incredible for Verizon, the HTC Aria and Sony Ericsson X10 for AT&T, the LG Optimus S for Sprint, and the LG Optimus T for T-Mobile. All devices require a new contract for eligibility on the discounted price plans. Radio Shack, not to be outdone by Best Buy, announced a promotion on Friday offering a $50 discount on Apple's iPhone 4 and iPhone 3GS smartphones. Further, through the Trade and Save program, customers can get an additional $75 or $125 credited off their purchase with a trade-in of a 3G or 3GS. The promotion requires a two-year contract and is valid through December 11th. If you're looking for another way to support the cell phone junkie, join us on TCPJ Unlocked. It's our bi-monthly premium podcast for only $5 a month or $45 a year. You'll hear in-depth conversations about the latest in cellular issues, interviews with industry experts, and much more. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com and click the link for TCPJ Unlocked. A big thank you to everyone who subscribes. Into some software news, since the release of the Galaxy S line this summer, users have been working to solve an issue with the GPS's long signal lock times. On Tuesday, Samsung issued an application called the GPS Samsung Restore that will revert the GPS settings back to those uh, that were issued with the factory. According to Samsung, they said during online surveillance, there's an abundance of GPS tweaks that impair GPS performance. Oftentimes, no backup is performed to restore values prior to modifications, and Samsung has released this application that restores GPS settings to recommended factory defaults for optimum performance. The app is free and currently compatible with the Captivate and the Vibrant. 
Double Twist on Tuesday announced a new version of its software to allow wireless media synchronization between the desktop and the mobile device. The AirSync feature offers software for both the Mac and the PC, and while a free download, is $5 for the AirSync feature to operate. Users pair their device with a computer via Wi-Fi, and selected media is synced without a cable. Google released Google Reader for Android this week, an RSS reader that synchronizes with your online Google Reader account. Google Reader is exactly what you think a mobile RSS reader application would be, allowing for liking, starring, sharing, and even notating of posts. The app is available for free from the Android market. We just need this for BlackBerry and iPhone. Eventually. Eventually, Joey. <laughs> I hope so. That would be so nice. I mean, I, I, doing it on the IO, uh, the, the OS 6 browser is not that good. And it's, uh, it's better than the uh, OS 5 browser. But I miss my central where I could just use the pound key and arrow keys, the keyboard shortcuts to actually uh, go through the mobile site. And since BlackBerry browser doesn't support those keyboard shortcuts, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more difficult. You know, whereas on the computer, you can hit the J and the K key to scroll down through the stories. And I would find, I would find a, a dedicated application very useful. I've tried RSS reader applications in the past and have found that the synchronization is, is slow or maybe it's based on the number of feeds that I have. It just doesn't seem to, to work as well as I want it to. And so I, I just end up going back to you know, the web-based version just because it, it works well and it's good. And I, I think I would like something that even had um, you know, a notification option where it showed you know, some sort of badge on uh, the app icon that showed me how many unread feeds I had so that I could you know, check and see when something new came in. Uh, which is about every three seconds anyway. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, it would be good to you know, see something like that. Uh, so I can see this certainly being developed and released for iOS, and I can you know, probably for BlackBerry as well. But it makes sense. This seems like something they should have had for Android when it was first launched. I mean, they had, uh, you know, they had the Gmail integration. They had the Google Voice in- integration. Uh, hello, reader. <laughs> you know, let's, let's get, the, get to it here. Uh, so anyway, it's great to see the app is available, like I said, for free. So if you've got Android and you like reading RSS feeds, go and check that one out. The Sprint Epic 4G became the first Galaxy S phone from Samsung this weekend to get the Android 2.2 update. The update has been making the rounds for the past few weeks on XDA developers. It includes improvements, including Adobe's Flash Player 10.1 compatibility, speed improvements, quick links for GPS and auto-rotation, colored icons in the settings, GPS improvements, a new Gmail application, a new search widget, and better exchange support. The update will be pushed out over the next few weeks to all Epic 4G devices. And there are applications out there that come along, and while they seem similar to something already out there, they're really very different and useful. Viber is one of those apps, and as a voiceover IP service, it works with nearly zero configuration on the iPhone. To use the service, simply install it, provide your phone number. Google Voice numbers do work. That's what I use to set mine up. Then enter in the SMS verification code that's sent to you, and you're off and running. No registration is required. Now, the service allows for free VoIP calls and SMS messages over Wi-Fi and 3G to anyone else using the service. An Android application is currently in development, meaning that the service could become the universal VoIP service across uh, multiple platforms uh, that pe- for people who don't want to use their minutes or need to make calling where cellular service is not available. Now, I thought about this I, when I first looked at it. I said, well, it's, a, it's kind of a Skype copy or whatever. It's no big deal. But then I thought more about it, and I said, you know, I- I'm... I'm in an area at all day at work where my iPhone has no service. 
And my wife is in an area all day at work where her iPhone is in no service. So really, Wi-Fi is the only option that we have. Uh, we have landline phones, and that's how we usually talk. But if we wanted to, we could easily just pick up and, and make phone calls over Viber. So yeah, I want to kind of play with this a little bit more and, and see how it works. Um, I can see you know, some limitations with it, of course. You're only able to call other people that have it. But like a, a service recently that was uh, you know, brought up and then shut down very quickly called Kik, uh, it, it's cr- going to be cross-platform. And I think this could make a lot of sense for those that are looking to make uh, calls uh, across, you know, across the internet and not have to use this. Now, who knows about latency and other things like that? I mean, those are always concerns, but if you're doing it over Wi-Fi, it should be pretty good. It really should be. It, it, it's, you know, VoIP is pretty small as far as the data goes. And as, as far as the latency is, is, as long as it's decent, it'll make a phone call, but it's nice to see VoIP apps now on the iOS, the iOS, because for a long time they were uh, restricted. Yeah, and I honestly, I really like it that it's voice, uh, Google Voice compatible because um, it, you know it sends an SMS code to verify it. Well, I don't have SMS. I have SMS blocked on my AT&T number, so I wouldn't even be able to get an SMS code if I had to put that number in. That's the issue with some of the services that are out there. Um, WhatsApp is a good example of uh, a cross-platform uh, instant messaging application that it's you know you have to be able to accept an SMS message uh, to get it compat- you know to get it registered. Now, I'm probably in the minority of people who actually have SMS blocked, but hey, I get most of my uh, messages through Google Voice, and it's free, and I like it, uh, and that's the number that everyone has for me, so it just works. And I'm, you know, I would prefer to to have it this way. So I'm I'm very glad that they were able to do that. So if you're looking for a way to make uh, VoIP calls, you've got someone or multiple people that you know you want to make calls to, and you don't want to use your minutes, check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, granted, if you're installing this, it's you know iPhone only at this point. Which if you're calling someone else with an iPhone. They're on AT&T, so you're not paying anything anyway. But I'm my example uh, you know, of being in an office where you don't have service or maybe at a cabin or somewhere where you've got Wi-Fi service and don't have cellular service, you can still make calls this way. So uh, pretty neat. doesn't have to be running. It's all uh, you know, functions through you know, push notifications and stuff like that. So you don't have to remember to turn it on or anything like that. It just, just works. So kind of a neat thing. Again, we'll be playing more with that uh, as we move forward. Questions and comments this week. First one is a question from Pam, and she says, Hello, I just bought a Nokia N8 cell phone and would like to place my music and podcast that I have in my iTunes library onto the cell phone. How can I do that, Pam? All right, Pam. Well, first off, for podcast, Nokia used to have an application called podcasting, but they pulled it out of uh, the operating system on the N8. So you can now download one that they call Podcatcher. I'll put a link in the show notes that you can grab it. It's at projects.forum.nokia.com slash podcaster. Uh, but that's how you can get your podcasts on there. Um, the other way that you can do it, which was how it's going to work here for, for the media, is by manually dragging them over. Uh, that's how I would do the music. Uh, manually manage the media by going into the folder that holds all the iTunes music and then drag it uh, from where it is on uh, on your uh, on your computer over to the device. Essentially, you're going to have to open up two windows and uh, drag the music manually over. Um, it's not going to be a, a very simple process. I don't know of any music or media managers because I, I haven't used them on Symbian. Um, if someone has a recommendation that we can pass on to Pam, please let me know. That would make this maybe a little bit easier for her. 
Um, but that's kind of how I would recommend doing it is just doing it manually. Uh, note, though, that if you have been purchasing music through iTunes and you haven't been purchasing uh, the, the, I think they call them the iTunes Plus tracks, um, it's going to be DRM protected content. So you're not going to be able to transfer that over. Um, you'll need to uh, you'll need to purchase the music again through another service. Uh, you could purchase it, I guess, through iTunes again, uh, but you need to have the iTunes Plus content, which is the stuff that doesn't have the restriction on it. When you buy it through iTunes, if you buy it, you know, like the 69 or 79 cent tracks, you're essentially buying something that is only playable on any computer or device that has have you signed in to it with your username and password of iTunes. So just uh, something to keep a note there that you won't be able to transfer that music over. So hopefully that uh, that makes sense. It shouldn't be too difficult. Um, but uh, I would I would for podcast get an application like podcatcher use that that I know there's a bunch of other ones out there. Uh, but that will allow you to just download the 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 uh, the shows directly onto your device and then you won't have to deal with uh, having to to move stuff around or plugging in your device to do it and manually managing your music you know you're gonna have to do it once and then you know maybe once a week or however often you you buy new music you're gonna have to slide that music over but I don't know that's what I would recommend that she does yeah I that's kind of how I manage my music on mobile devices I don't do a lot of it now but uh, I, I really don't have any better recommendations. You know, I um, I kind of try and figure out a, you know different ways to do to do things that make life easier. And I don't know for some reason I've I've never been a fan of iTunes. I, I don't think I, I mean it's it's fine if you drag all your music in there, but I have so much music that it just it, it's not easy to put it all on iTunes and then you know select different stuff. So I like being able to manually manage it. I you know the iTunes and the iPhone allows me to do that, so it's not terrible. Um, but I, I just, you know, on the Android or BlackBerry or or even, you know, like the N8, it's it's much easier to do. You know, you you plug in your device, you go into my computer or launch the volume that's uh, been um, been mounted on your desktop if you're on a Mac, and then you can just you know open up that particular folder on the SD card and slide your music over and then you're good. I mean it's not a real difficult process. You just have to like I said manually manage it, but um anyway, that's how I like to do it, Pam. Um if you have any more questions, of course, let us know. Hopefully that gets you going in the right direction. Next one is a question from Walter. It says Mickey and Joey have been a long-time listener and love the show. I have a question for you. I'm long overdue for a phone upgrade. I'm already a Zune subscriber and would like my next phone to be a be Zune compatible. Are there any Android phones or Android apps that play Zune Pass music? If not, do you have any idea if and when Zune will be coming to Android? If I'm left to only choose from Windows phones, I'm not blown away by the current options on AT&T. Do you know when Dell will release the Venue Pro or Lightning and if they'll be coming to AT&T? Are there any other Windows phones on the horizon for the year? Thanks for the info, Walter. Well, first off, Walter, I'm going to say I'm not going to have a lot of uh, positive answers for you with pretty much anything here. Uh, but what I will say is that um, you do have options, so that that's positive. Uh, first off, though, um, there's no current software currently available to uh, transfer Zune music over to to uh, Android phones. I don't think Zune Pass will be coming to Android. I think that's something that they're going to keep on Windows devices. Um, I, I I just don't see it happening. Um, so unfortunately, I think you're you're stuck uh, going with a Windows device. Um, I would say the Venue Pro uh, for T-Mobile is going to be just that. It's going to be for T-Mobile. 
There have been some optimistic folks online, but I have not seen any definitive evidence that says the device will be on any other carrier um, other than just purchasing it and uh, unlocking it, using it on Edge only. Uh, right now, your options for AT&T, the two that I would recommend would either be the Samsung Focus, which is probably, I think, the, the best uh, device on AT&T, or you have the HTC Surround. Uh, if you're a music person, um, you've got you know, the ability to slide out the, the Dolby speakers on it and, and you know prop it up on your desk and listen to music and uh, without headphones. And if that's something that's intriguing to you, then maybe this would work out. Um, but I'm Personally, I, I like the Samsung Focus. Hopefully, um, you know you can get a chance to at least take a look at them. You've got an AT and T store in your area that you can check them out with. But uh, there's, I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of of uh, looking at a device like uh, the Dell Venue Pro, unlocking it and uh, bringing it over to AT and T. It just doesn't. I don't think it's going to work as as well as you want it to. You're going to be disappointed with Edge only. Yeah, I would think so. You know, and for me, I, yeah, I don't have any other good recommendations either because I usually keep my music playing devices separate from my phone for 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 whatever reason. I I don't like using my phone for music, uh, partly because of battery considerations, mm-hmm. where um, you know it seems to suck the battery down way faster than it should on the phone, and then at that point, I've then lost you know capability for the the, the phone later on in the day if I was using it earlier. Um, secondly, I sometimes like the fm radio um on my music device so it just it it just doesn't quite work for me so i usually just keep them separate yeah and i know that's you know kind of takes away from you know what you can do especially with the zune pass if you're going to stick with that though the the windows side is probably the way to go um the, the the os is decent uh, I'm not recommending it for a lot of people just yet, just because I think it's still pretty new. And I, I, there's going to be, I think, some pretty major updates that happen to it in early 2011. They're going to bring things like copy and paste to it and stuff like that that they left out at the initial release. But, um, you know, I, I would say just kind of hang on. If you need something right now, then you need something right now. Um, and, and, you know, the, the devices that are out right now are all very good, very well-specced hardware. I mean, you know, one gigahertz processors, five megapixel cameras, you know, all that stuff. So you'll be fine with that. I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like we're still very much in the infancy of Windows Phone. And so we'll, we'll eventually get more. Uh, keep your eye out for it, though. The Dell, uh, the Dell Lightning, though, as it, uh, the code name was, I, I don't think it's coming to AT&T. Although I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Next is a question from Rich. He says, on your last show, you talked about the extra fees when buying from Wirefly or Amazon. My contract is up, and I'm looking at an HD7 or a G2 from T-Mobile. I look through the terms, and it looks like if I terminate in the first 181 days, I owe two separate termination fees. After that, I just pay the T-Mobile fee. Also, T-Mobile has a special 1500 anytime minute $60 plus unlimited text and web for $20 with a new two-year contract, which is perfect for me. I can buy the HD7 or G2 for far less, plus no activation fee from someone like Amazon. So I have two questions. Uh, Amazon does not offer that promotional plan, though they said that I can get the phone, call T-Mobile, and switch the plan. As long as I do not downgrade the plan, I do not violate the terms of the Amazon contract. I also called T-Mobile and said if if I buy from a third party, they told me though that I they does not they would not offer the same customer service if I had a problem and I would have to go back and deal with Amazon. Anyway, I will try to make it short, but I am I missing something with the termination fees? If it comes down to a hundred dollar difference, I'll buy it directly from T Mobile. Uh, is it worth it in the long run? I'm a longtime listener. Thank you for the info and news to start off my week. Thank you, Rich. Uh, well, Rich, yes, if you purchase from Amazon like they told you. 
Uh, it's the first 181 days, or essentially six months of your contract that you have to stay with them. If you decide to cancel it uh, before your your trial period is up, which is what the 30 days, if you if you cancel it before then, uh, but before. Um, or after that, but before the, the six month mark, you're going to have to pay a fee to both them and to T-Mobile. Once you get past that though, that's when you're, that's when you're good. So you can, you just have to pay the one to T-Mobile if you decide to leave. Um, as far as the, the service, the level of service that you're going to receive, um, you're, you're, you're still talking about a phone that's from them. It's, it's from, uh, from T-Mobile or it's, it's on the T-Mobile network. And so if you have an issue with it, you still can go to the T-Mobile store and you can talk to them about it and they can hopefully help you out. Um, you know, the manufacturer warranty on these phones is typically a, uh, a 90 day, you know, pretty much anything goes wrong with the type of deal. And then a one year limited warranty, depending on what it is. Um, but you, you know, make sure that, uh, whatever it is that you decide to choose, if it's the HD seven, um, you know, that you're, you're, you're comfortable with the device. And what I would recommend is, is of course, like I do with everybody, go to the store and try them out and, and make sure that the, the HD seven and G two different, totally different devices, totally different operating systems. Um, you know, one may work better for you. And so take a, you know, take some time to make that decision, right. So that you're not stuck with something that you're not happy with. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know I do have a coworker that's uh, been using Wirefly for quite some time and has uh, really liked their service and, and, and what they've provided as far as fast shipping and getting the phones activated uh, uh, very easily. So, uh, and like you said, Mickey, with the warranty with the phones, I'm, since they are, you know, branded phones, I, I don't think you'd really have an issue walking into a, you know, T-Mobile store, for example, and getting them to, to replace the hardware within the first year when they usually warranty the products. I think what they what they mean when they say they don't offer the same amount of customer service is they um, if if there's if there's some sort of question that you have uh, that comes up with I don't know yeah, the shipping I, of it or uh, you know so the the way that the the, the order gets processed it, that's all going to be through Amazon um, I, and I don't know maybe when you call them and if you have purchased it through Amazon they they have it flagged in your account I I just don't see that though I mean you can you can pretty much take any T Mobile phone and put a SIM card in it and put it on your T-Mobile account and you're going to be fine. Uh, you can even take unlocked phones and you're going to be fine. They're still going to talk to you. They're not going to say, Hey, you know, you bought this from somewhere else. I don't know where you got this phone from. Um, you know, but, but yeah, if anything comes up, if you do have a problem with them, you know, check and see what Amazon or Wirefly has as far as, you know, their warranties. And if something comes up and you have to return the phone, then, then, uh, you're probably going to have to return it to them. Um, I'm thinking of more down the line of, you know, the battery after nine months is, you know, goes bad. I can see walking into a store and they look at your contract and say, well, you're only nine months in. Okay. Here's, here's, you know, a new battery. I don't know. Maybe they don't do that, <laughs> but I don't, that's what I'm thinking. You wouldn't, I guess my, my bottom line with this is I don't think you're going to have a problem with this. And I, I would feel comfortable buying from them as long as you're comfortable with the device itself, knowing that if you do cancel uh, early, you're going to have uh, to deal with something, you know, in the form of a, a pretty big termination fee. Yeah, I agree with you, Mickey. All right. So finally today, question from Dominic. He says, guys, it's Dominic. I have a theory and I wanted your take on it. I believe in the future carriers will have data only plans, which will be uh, have voice and text messages all handled through that data. I believe that these plans will be cheaper. What do you guys think? I love your Andro- new Android application and the show, Dominic. Well, I, I think um, I think of course voice will eventually be migrating its way over to to data only, and and certainly when that happens, um, you know the text messaging side, um, the actual sending of a text message, um, the you know as in data, uh, could certainly happen 
over um, you know over a voice over IP side or over the data side. But the way that it's currently set up now, it's not it's it's data, but it's different. It's it's going through the the carrier. Uh, through what's the joy the control channel i believe that's how the 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 text message is sent and so that's why you're limited to 160 characters and so something will have to change and i'm not sure exactly what's going to happen but think about like the google voice scenario where um essentially you've got a 160 character message that's being sent uh from uh a device over a data network uh through google and then back out to the carrier's network so it's it's you know it's they jive together, they work together, but it's uh, some, something's going to have to change because it's not going to be the text messaging that we know right now because it's not sent over data. That's true. It really is part of the the the, the call, you know, the switch network, you know, the old fashioned uh, switch network. But right. I'm sure they can work around that. I, you, you're probably right, though, Dominic. I think at some point something will uh, something will happen where we'll we'll see everything migrating over to you know d- essentially digital and data only. Well, we're kind of there with the some of the prepaid uh, plans that are available. Where basically you just you know pay for some minutes if you need them, and you're on a data plan. Hmm. Well, this is um, this is a, a very interesting topic, though. I think that we'll we'll have to look at it a little bit more as things happen. But uh, I don't uh, I, I don't I don't see it happening for a few years. Uh, even you know even with these four G services, LTE, Verizon's talking. You know, we're just doing data only. Uh, for this, we're not even moving voice over to it yet, which uh, they call the the voice over LTE or VOLTE. That's going to be happening sometime in the future. They're going to hold all that voice traffic on EVDO for right now. Yeah, and uh, well, not on EVDO, it'll just be on CDMA. Sorry, um, yeah, there you go. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that they want to keep, you know, they want to keep the phone part of it because now it's something they can charge you more money for. And so I don't see that going away anytime soon either because they're going to want to force you to spend more money because they like higher uh revenue from every single person that's right that's right so eventually you know with all the different services we have out there uh, we'll all find ways to make calls on data and i'm thinking you know the viber service we just talked about a few minutes ago and my google voice texting all over data i don't even need phone anymore what do i need a phone for hardly yeah you really hardly do it's uh it's it's amazing Uh, i mean i i thought that text messaging and messaging was absolutely ridiculous but it it is not it's uh it's going a very interesting way let's just say that so anyway that's all we have if you have any questions or comments give us a call 206-203-3734 or send an email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash junkie, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash junkie. I am at tcpj underscore Mickey, and Joey is at tcpj underscore Joey, both of those on Twitter. So, Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. 